Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Corner Show. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive bag, Eric Crocker, the host that you guys can now hear. I was muted on the mic. There's like a little button and it's right here and I always happen to grab the mic. But um, appreciate everybody's in here right now. Hope everybody's feeling good. Uh, we're going to go over the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Atlanta Falcons at home. The nine-point favorite San Francisco 49ers. Now, I, I, I feel like even though the 49ers are nine-point favorites, I still feel like they're the underdog. So I got my underdog fantasy shirt on. We'll go over some underdog fantasy props for this game, just like we did last game. And uh, you guys helped the platform come up on $200. Again, I'm putting it out to merchandise, and it will be going right back to y'all. So I uh, appreciate everybody that contributed to that. Again, Underdog Fantasy, go to Underdog Fantasy or underdogfantasy.com, promo code Crocky. Also, Manscaped, manscaped.com. When you use my promo code Crocky, you'll get 20% off of everything on the website. All right, that's good for another seven days. All right, so listen, Christmas, ladies in here, men, it's not too late. Get right, go right now. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, all that good stuff. So, Manscaped. Yeah, get your Manscaped on. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to get into it, man. But uh, first, I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I appreciate all the contributions, everything that's kind of poured in. You know, we have a, a Northeast Arkansas Tornado Relief Fund going on. So we got the GoFundMe going. A lot of you guys contributed. I had uh, Tracy Sandler. She has uh, her own thing going with the uh, 49er fangirls. Really just she has a fangirl network. But, um, you know, she she contributed to it. So a bunch of other people that I know contribute to it. So hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. appreciate everybody that, that contributed already. And if you haven't, here is the link right there. You can click that link. Contribute. Anything helps. We're trying to help kids uh, get their Christmas. A lot of people, the tornadoes, they tried to wipe out people's Christmases, but um, we ain't having it, man. We ain't having it. So myself, a couple other people, I'm um, good. We're out here in Arkansas. We're going down. We're going up to Northeast Arkansas to help restore Christmas for the kids and families in that area. So uh, shout out to everybody that has helped with that. PG, PG has a gripe with underdog. What, what's the issue, PG? Talk to me. What's the issue, PG? We do have an underdog fantasy league. Is this? We have an underdog fantasy league. Oh, I saw my other phone. Where uh, underdog, they have this best, best ball format. So all you do is draft, and then you let it go. Like, you draft your team, and then boom. Let it go, and then you, you know, just kind of see what happens. So I know I'm actually number one in a couple of those. Manscaped was one of the best purchases I made. That's what's up. Man, hey, one of the best I've made, too. I tell y'all what happens when you use the Manscaped, all right? Y'all already know what happens. So, you know, I don't even got to go into it. I'll go into it later when everybody, more people are in here. But again, this San Francisco 49ers morning show. We are previewing the San Francisco 49ers against the Atlanta Falcons. Big things going on there. Uh, that's not, I think most people... Look at it as a gimme. And I just, I'm I'm not exactly sure who the 49ers are. So I don't look at anything with the 49ers as a gimme. Like, it's just 
49ers are 100% going to win no matter what. I don't look at the 49ers that way, do y'all? Obviously, I'm one of the hosts of the Locked On 49ers podcast. And myself, Brian Peacock, we had a crossover episode with our guy, Aaron Freeman, from the Locked On Falcons show. And, you know, we we talked about the game. And it's crazy that the 49ers are nine-point favorites because you don't know which 49ers are going to show up. Now, if it's the 49ers that we think, yeah, they come in, roll over the Falcons, and blow them out. But... I feel like the 49ers, they never make it that easy. It's just never that simple for them. And a lot of times they do things. They've been up in, what, the last, uh, let's see, they went on their three-game win streak. I feel like in, like, every one of those games, they were, like, up double digits at one point over the last five games. And a couple of the wins have been nail-biters for whatever reasons. That's interesting to me how that how that all kind of plays out. So we're going to get into all that. I know you guys are tired of hearing me rumble on. Uh, we are who we thought we were. <laughs> there you go. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. All right. So let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. Will this be a trap game like last time? No. The reason why this is not a trap game is because the 49ers have one more win than <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's how it goes, right? 49ers are seven and six. Atlanta Falcons are six and seven. I don't think it's I don't think when it's that close, there could be a trap game. Also, and I get you with the spread being uh nine points. I, I get you. But I don't know why the spread is nine points. I don't know why the spread is nine points. The Falcons have some really bad losses. And maybe that's what they're looking at. You look at it from that standpoint, you know, who are the Falcons, you know. Here's an interesting thing. Here's an interesting note. The San Francisco 49ers at home aren't really that good. They haven't won a lot of games for whatever reasons, right? Now, you could say injuries or whatever. But at the end of the day, 49ers have a losing record at home this year. The Falcons, 5-2 and two on the road. Now, when you look into some of the teams that they beat, and again, we've gone over this on Locked On 49ers Network. You look into some of the teams they've beat on the road, not the greatest of teams. But even then, I look at the 49ers and say, well, 49ers played a Falcons team at home without DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, and the 49ers got their ass kicked. So I don't don't know why the 49ers are nine-point favorites. It's definitely made me shy away from doing anything with this game from a betting standpoint as far as, you know, betting on the actual game, not the player props, which we'll get into in a little bit. But... I do feel good about this game. This is definitely a game. You know, I wish it was more of a, like a three-and-a-half-point spread, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, go all in on the 49ers. But with the way that that spread is, nine, I'm staying away from that aspect of it. But I like the 49ers. And here's why I like the 49ers. There are a couple things that the Atlanta Falcons are kind of going through right now from a personnel perspective. They don't really have any receivers. Now, they do have rookie uh, Kyle Pitts, and he's terrific. But outside of him... Is really slim. Now, they'll use Cordell Patterson there, here and there, but they also use him as a running back. It's kind of like Debo Samuel in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, he's a lot like Debo Samuel. Wearing number 84, it's like, it's kind of weird to see a running back back there wearing number, or a receiver, or whatever he is, wearing number 84 in the backfield. But they lean on Cordell Patterson a lot. 
in the run game. They also have Mike Davis. You guys are familiar with Mike Davis, former 49ers. 49ers drafted him, what was it, 2014 maybe, 2015? 49ers drafted Mike Davis. And he's still in the league, running strong, and he'll have a game here and there. But for the most part, they lean on Cordell Patterson. All right. They don't have a lot of weapons. And when you look at the 49ers and how they are on the back end, right, everybody's worried about the 49ers back end. You look at the receivers that they have, you know, you got Russell Gage, and, and that's kind of it. So I don't think they have anyone that, like, truly threatens the 49ers. Now, again, and I heard my guys Jasper and Jamal on here last night. If you guys haven't listened to them, make sure you guys listen to the Jasper and Jamal podcast. They talked about it, how, like, at some point guys are going to get theirs. But when you look at the receivers that the Atlanta Falcons have, they don't really have the guys like that to really just get theirs, right? Who who scares you as far as their receivers go? Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's it. And even then, I like the matchup with Kyle Pitts just because he's not really going to run away from you. Now, again, he's another guy. He, he can get hit. 6'6", 245 pounds. Uh, he's a very fluid route runner. He's a unicorn. Uh, not really tight ends like him. Closest thing is probably like Darren Waller. He's more like a Darren Waller. And Darren Waller was a former receiver, if I'm not mistaken. But they don't really have anything on the outside that truly threatens you from that standpoint. All right, so that's that first part. But here's the biggest key, I think, to the 49ers really kind of dominating the Atlanta Falcons offense. And we'll see. I have I have a lot of respect for Matt Ryan and what he's been throughout his career to just kind of overlook him. But they can't protect the passer. And I remember listening one time to a podcast, and they talked about how to be a good NFL team, there's three things you need. All right, one, you need a good quarterback. Two, you need someone who protects the quarterback. Three, you need someone who gets after the quarterback. Now, while I do believe that the Atlanta Falcons do have the first part, they got a good quarterback, they're lacking the other two things big time. They're one of the, the – they get, like, the least amount of pressure in the NFL. That definitely bodes well for the 49ers. And they can't protect Matt Ryan for anything. I don't know how much of you guys, how many of you guys have watched the Atlanta Falcons or watched them on, it was either Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. They were playing against the New England Patriots. And it was it was a disaster. Matter of fact, every, every, every quarterback that played in that game for the Atlanta Falcons, which they played three quarterbacks. They played three quarterbacks. They played Matt Ryan. They played... Uh, Gosh, can't think of the kid's name. Felipe Franks, and they played Josh Rosen. All three threw interceptions. And I believe Josh Rosen threw two interceptions. So they threw four interceptions. Every quarterback they played threw a pick against the New England Patriots. Patriots defense, really good. Patriots defense is really good. But um, they can't protect anybody. They can't protect the quarterbacks. They can't protect. Matt Ryan, and I have a lot of respect for Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is terrific. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's probably one of the more underrated. When you think of how good he's been throughout his career and, like, the respect that he – I don't think he gets as much respect as what he's done in the league. But right now, clearly, he doesn't have the horses. Still, nine points. Because sometimes when it comes down to the 49ers, it's not even more so about – like the other team, a lot of it comes down to the 49ers. And we've watched the 49ers 
like playing games. The 49ers to me are a good team. 49ers are a good team. I feel like the 49ers, these are games that they should dominate, right? And we've seen the 49ers in these type of games, but more times than not, whether the 49ers are playing against somebody good or bad, they do all these weird things to either let teams hang around or potentially let another team beat them. The 49ers are very undisciplined. And that's why, for me, it's it's really difficult to just be like, oh, yeah, 49ers are going to blow them out. Can the 49ers? Of course. Will they? It's, it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that. I got my guy Aaron here. He says, a good team with bad play. I don't think the 49ers are. I think the 49ers are the worst, best team, if that makes sense. Atlanta might be the best, worst team. 49ers are the worst, best team. What I mean by that is I feel like on any given Sunday, the 49ers could be anyone in the NFL. But also on any given Sunday, the 49ers go above and beyond to beat themselves. And even in games when a team tries to give them the game, which I'm still, I don't know how y'all feel about the last game against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I feel like the Bengals game, if that were the first time I had seen them, or maybe even the second time I'd seen them look weird, I probably would dismiss it as more of a one-off. But I don't I don't think that's a one-off. And, and what I mean by that is when I watched the 49ers game, and I touched on it a little bit yesterday, if you don't turn the ball over at all, right, you don't turn the ball over at all, you get two takeaways. That puts you in scoring position, right? Those are the two. The two uh, muff punts. Like, that's like, those are gimmies. And then you just play your game the rest of the way. You should blow a team out. Especially for a defense that didn't give up six, that only gave up six points heading into the fourth quarter. That should be a blowout. That game should not even be close. I am so worried, and I'm, I don't want to be Debbie Downer right now, but I am so worried with the fact that that game went to overtime. And again, if it were just a one-off, if the 49ers just steamrolled teams the whole way, and then you have a weird game like that, then yeah, I I get it. But I think that's kind of who the 49ers are, and that's what scares me. That's what scares me. They have these weird moments, especially offensively, and I don't know how that's how that happens. And then when they aren't doing things like that, right? When they're not having those moments that are just weird. They do other things to just shoot themselves in the foot. I see my guy, uh, J.R. Meadows, and he says the secondary not built. So I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about the 49ers. But this is my thing. You had a secondary that that at least held the other team under wraps with a lethal passing game. Lethal, right? The Bengals have a lethal passing game. They had six points heading into the fourth quarter. Offensively, you have to do something to put that team away. Offensively. You got to do something to put that team away. I think somebody's mowing my yard. So if y'all hear uh, something in the background, that's what that is. Offensively, you got you to gotta put teams away. Right? Six points heading into the fourth quarter. I don't even know if it's that the 49ers played down to their competition. Maybe that's the case, but I just think that they they just do weird things. <laughs> that's the only way. And I would say this, 
if you played down to your competition, but you still won those games, that would be one thing. But, and I don't even want to say play down to your competition, because when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, I think Cincinnati is a good team. I think Cincinnati is going to be a playoff team. And you were able to beat them. But the way in which what it came down to, that's what worries me. In a game that you, like, you controlled that game and you got the things that helped you put that team away and you still couldn't do it. Those are the things that worry me about the 49er team. So, again, when we tie it back into a game against the Atlanta Falcons, I don't. I think the 49ers should dog them. <laughs> I think the 49ers should blow them out. 49ers have the advantage offensively. You have more weapons. Uh, Ayuk is coming into his own. You have George Kittle. He's playing at an elite, elite, elite level right now. You got Trent Williams. He's the best offensive lineman probably I've ever seen. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, eight-year vet. Uh, you know, he has his moments where he plays well. Uh, you know, running game. Hopefully, you got Elijah Mitchell back. You got Debo Sam. You got all these things working in your favor offensively, defensively. The secondary is definitely not as bad as people think. Uh, you know, you have a linebacker core with Aziz Al Shayer. Well, hope, hopefully, he plays. You got Fred Warner, all pro Fred. You got a D line. You got, a, you know, obviously Nick Bosa, but Arden Key. Arden Key has more sacks this year than he's had in the previous 37 games combined, the previous three years combined that he played in. Arden Key has more sacks this year than he did in his entire career. So you have some help. But even then, I just, do y'all trust the 49ers? I don't trust the 49ers. They do weird things. Jimmy tried to do some weird things last game. He dropped the ball, like, he just dropped it. It's like, okay, I'm in the pocket, and I just dropped the ball. <laughs> he tried to do some weird things. <laughs> he tried to throw the big six. And those are, you know, weird moments that he had against Seahawks in the previous loss. You know what I'm saying? Overthrows, interceptions, uh, stagnant offense. They do things to try to try to let other teams win. And so I don't know if a team is going to show up. I don't know if 49ers team is going to show up. But I do, in theory, like the 49ers. In theory, I feel like this is a game that the 49ers should dominate. In theory, I feel like the 49ers should win 31-13. But I feel like this 49ers team, they don't make it that simple. And now I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I'm bringing everybody on a little earlier today, and we'll keep it rocking until 10, my time, so for the next hour. So appreciate everybody coming on. If you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, underdog Fantasy promo code Karaki, manscaped.com. Uh, promo code Karaki, 20% off of everything on that website. Here we go. Uh, that being said, I feel like the Niners are the kid running around with scissors because uh, we believe we won't trip. And then when we do trip, rather than focus on the fact that we are running with, we are running with, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of scissors. Yeah, scissors. We focus on the thing we tripped on. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's good. One. I got my guy Corey coming on. Here we go. Corey, what's good with you, man? Yes, sir. Now nah, I was just uh, talking about like you were talking about our offense and just our consistency of playing. Could we are we trustworthy? And I was thinking like the, our only complete game on offense was probably against the Rams, I think. And I think if our offense is played complete consistently, four quarters of sound football, I don't think no team in the NFC can stop us. I don't think. I don't... That's and, and and that's how I see it. When mm -hmm. when I when I look at 
the 49ers and I and I watch them and, and I look at the offense and the weapons that they have and what they're supposed to be with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and I do feel like if they're clicking on all cylinders, nobody should really be able to mess with them. But the issue is, even offensively, how do you, in the last two second halves, only score three points, right? In the last two, third quarter, fourth quarter, combined, you score three points. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's unacceptable for an offense that has all these weapons and all this ability. And my thing is, like, well, why does that happen? So why do you think that happens? Um, I just think uh, with the league, we become a little stagnant. Our run game, especially without Eli Mitchell, it just we ain't having the explosive plays on the run. I think we needed that against the Bengals. We didn't have like the 15 yard or the 10 yard play, and uh, you know the offensive line, the offensive line uh, last week was iffy. But it's just I'm not I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with play calling. It's just it's just it's just uh, uh what's the word? Is this you got to com- complete and uh, what's the word? Got a prep. Go ahead, take your time. You're good. <laughs> oh, you gotta, uh, you know the word. You gotta execute. Okay, there we go. Yeah. You gotta execute. You what's going on? You know, we just not executing. You know, that probably goes with our preparation during the week. You know, ninety percent what goes on during the game is Monday through Friday. You know, you already know Monday through Saturday. Yeah. So it's about the little details. You know, I think so. I think so. We, we we don't come off as a like a team like the Patriots who sound like you know who's like who take who keys every fundamental special teams offense and defense you know right right now that's real and I think that's a great point and I don't know how many of you have just like sat and watched the New England Patriots but from a fundamental standpoint they do everything right you know on the offensive side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball they typically don't do things to hurt themselves especially not consistently. Now, things are going to happen, right? In the NFL, these guys get paid just like the 49ers get paid. So some things are going to happen. But more times than not, the Patriots put themselves in position to win. I had somebody earlier this morning, somebody uh, tweeted me and he said, uh, hey, Croc, and at Eric underscore Crocker, if you guys don't follow me on Twitter, somebody reached out to me and said, would any rookie start over Jimmy G right now? And I said, well, probably Mac Jones. And the reason why I said probably was just because I think even then Mac Jones had some weird moments early on, right? He had the three interception game. He threw multiple pick sixes and things like that. But the Patriots, because they don't have a, they, they let, you know, uh, uh, they let Cam Newton go. That allowed Mac Jones to really be able to play through those things with confidence, right? Man. So with, with Kyle Shanahan had let go, you know, that's like Kyle letting go of Jimmy and then letting Trey Lance work through those things. He, he didn't allow that to happen. But since then, since the start, and now that the Patriots are on this winning streak, when you watch Mac Jones, he actually does a lot of the opposite, not the opposite of uh, Trey Lance. I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, they have very similar skill sets in which they play the way they play the game. But Mac Jones doesn't really miss reads and he doesn't really miss throws. And he does, and he takes care of the ball better. Now, again, if you look at their numbers, I think uh, Jimmy has one more touchdown pass than Mac Jones. They have the same amount of interceptions that they've thrown. So from that standpoint, but again, a lot of Mac Jones' struggles were early on with him finding his way as a quarterback, a rookie in the NFL. Once he found his way, he's back to more of what we've seen from the Alabama Mac Jones, where he's efficient. He's throwing the ball. He's making all the right reads. 
I feel like Jimmy contributes to the weird things that the 49ers do from the standpoint of not really efficiently, uh, you know, having the offense that doesn't make a lot of mistakes or eliminates the mistakes. I hope that makes sense. So I think, I think Jimmy kind of contributes to the 49ers weird moments, but then also contributes to the wins, which we've seen him give the 49ers the opportunity to win late in games. I just think it shouldn't get to that point. And with the Atlanta, with the new New England Patriots, Mac Jones has made sure it doesn't get to that point. Jimmy Garoppolo, he he hasn't really helped from that aspect. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones, he, he's hitting that check down like nine out of ten times. Right, and and but not just hit the check down. He does a really good job. Yes, he hits the check down, and they've created an offense around him. He throws to the running backs a lot, but when it's okay. I, this is the read, and I need you. Okay, for example, the there was a play that went around, and everybody's looking at uh, uh, George Kittle, right? And they're like, look, George Kittle's wide open. Jimmy threw it into four guys over here trying to throw it to Debo Samuel. But you have George Kittle open, and, and it looks like it was a clear-out play designed for him where you had a, a flood to the left. And Jimmy made the wrong read, right? He didn't throw it to yeah, George was- Kittle, who is wide open. Those are the throws, which it should be like a routine play. That probably is why he, you know, uh, Jimmy gets cussed out by Kyle Shanahan because, like, bro, how do you mess that up? How do you not hit that read? Even if there's a defender bearing down on you, which there was on Jimmy, Mac Jones gets the ball out in time, throws it to where it's supposed to go. He doesn't go like above and beyond with making plays, but he just makes the right throw. And I think that's where Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a little inconsistent there. And that's what lets some of these teams hang around. I think Jimmy's just such a rhythm player, too. Like, he's such a rhythm player. Like, he's like a basketball player when he's throwing. Like, he gets if he gets in a rhythm, he's almost like the best one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And when he right. – if he sees a bad throw, he might, you know, it might come a little in the next play, you know. It's just, you know. Yeah. We know the story. Yeah, he likes to throw in rhythm. And that's where he's best. And, I, and I've said it, too, from an efficiency standpoint, when Jimmy Garoppolo – when he knows what he, when he's comfortable, when he's confident with what he's seeing, man, it looks as good as anybody in the league. It looks so good, like just the the throw, get the ball out. But you can see times where he kind of panics a little bit and misses things, and I think that's what holds the 49ers offense back a little bit. But Corey, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get the next callers on. All right, appreciate it. my guy Corey coming on. I got a I got a comment right here from my guy Tim Love. What's the symbol on that hat? This is a Frontline Sports hat. All right, so Frontline Sports, a network. I'm building that. This YouTube was called that, but it used to be called something. Anyways, don't worry about that. But anyways, Frontline Sports, that's a network. I'm working on building that, having platforms on the uh, uh, podcast, on the platforms and all that good stuff. So can you guys hear the my, the lawnmowers outside? Hopefully you guys can't hear all that. My mic, Hopefully my mic ain't picking that up. But um, that's what this hat is. I actually have a couple available in the cool blue, so... I got a couple of beanies, I think two beanies and two more hats in the cool blue. So if you want that, holla at me. I am getting the ones made with the 49ers, uh, the faithful edition. So hopefully uh, the guy responds to me so we can get that cracking. But anyways, here we go. Uh, Hold on. I got to dispel this real quick. Jimmy mentally, Jimmy G mentally is not a leader. I got to push back a little bit, Meadows. And, And my pushback is, and we're talking about from a mental standpoint. One of the things that came out from last game, right, Brandon Ayuk said when we were on that last drive and they looked into Jimmy Garoppolo's face, everybody felt like, 
oh, we're going to succeed. He's going to lead us down the field. So from a mental standpoint, he has his guys all in that he's going to get the job done. So I think from that standpoint, he is a leader. And I felt, and they followed his lead from a mental standpoint to be like, all right, we execute. Hey, man, we're going down the field. And no matter what, Jimmy Grappolo's going to get us there. So I think he does, to some extent, lead uh, mentally. All right, here we go. Bringing my guy on, Rich. Rich, what's good, man? How you doing? Good morning. Morning, Crocky. What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, listen, to watching your show, you know, watched your boy Jamal and uh, and uh, Jasper last night. So uh, you uh, sounds like you're you're you guys are picking up steam on your on your shows. So uh, keep up the good work, man. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, one quick question before I get before I I just touch on the 49ers. Um, were you? I, I thought you were gonna have a special guest on. Is that still happening? Yeah, no, he, I know. I think I, I worded it wrong. I said after the break, and I think it meant like, I think everybody thought I meant after the break in the sense of, uh, you know, in the show. But I meant like at, after Christmas break. So after Christmas break, he'll he'll, he'll be coming uh, on. Oh, uh, well, you, you generated some excitement, man, because everyone's trying to guess who it is. But <laughs> so great you, with you want me to, Do you guys want me to um, just tell you who it is? Do you guys want me to just tell you who it is? Uh, that's up to you, man. I, I, I don't mind just, just waiting to see, but, uh, if you want to tell people, you know, let them, let them tell you in the chat, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> who, who do y'all think it is? I, I think oh, for those of y'all who aren't on Twitter. I, I, okay, go ahead. It's not Tremaine Brock. I see Trice. Is it Tremaine Brock? It's not Tremaine Brock, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I can get Tremaine Brock. On. But go ahead. Um, so uh, just just with this 49ers team in general, I think um, one thing that that uh, you know that's that's been noted all year is they play really well against the teams that um, are like feel like it's the important games, like the Minnesota game, um, you know the the uh, the Bengals game, but games that that they they should be winning or they're expected to win. It seems like they always lay an egg. You know, the Seattle game, the Arizona game with, uh, um, you know, Colt McCoy at quarterback. So this game worries me a little bit in that regard. But at the same time, I think they understand that they have to win this game, you know, just for playoff implications. Um, this team has always been, uh, you know, this team has always, is, has always failed to score uh, much in the second half. Uh, they're pretty much in line with, with what they did in 2019 as far as scoring-wise. I think with 2019, the, the, the thing was is that their defense was so dominant and their offense blew people out in the first half by such a large margin that it just didn't show up and it didn't matter. So, they, you know, in the second half, they would just run out the games and, and it didn't feel like a big deal. But now, you know, the scores aren't as big of a blowout and our defense isn't quite up to the, the 2019 level, um, you know, to maintain those leads, especially against good offenses like the Bengals. So it's starting to show up a little bit more. Um, but I think with the red zone offense, and it, 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 a lot of it was just boneheaded mistakes at the wrong time. 
you know, you see them driving, and they get in the red zone, and then all of a sudden they'd have a dumb penalty, a holding, or a, a false start, and it would push them back, and they'd have to settle for a field goal. And this year, I think they've cleaned that up quite a bit, and I think that's one of the reasons why their, their red zone efficiency is so high. Um, you know, if you go back to the Cardinals-Rams game this uh, this last Monday night, you know, the Cardinals' offense is, is potent, you know what I mean? Uh, but even they can't come overcome critical mistakes. You know, go back to that fourth quarter, and they had a chance to come back and win that game. But on the final drive, after they had gotten the, the um, onside kick, they had a they had a false start, um, and then another critical mistake, and then you know pushed them back 15 yards. And then uh, you know what's his name got got sacked. So. It's not the mistakes themselves. It's when they make the mistakes. And I think that's uh, if they can clean that up, they can pretty much beat anybody in the league. It's just a matter of the mental mistakes in, in critical times, critical moments. So, um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Crowd? I, I was trying to keep myself on mute because I got this lawnmower right outside the window right now. But um, I, I, I think that's it. Now I feel like I got to talk over it. But, yeah, I think that's it, man, like, with the 49ers. And like my guy Jeff said, they, they play down to the competition. But I don't even think it's that they're playing down to the competition. I think it's just them. <laughs> like, right, I just think the 49ers do things to keep other teams in the game. So, you know, when you, when, when you look at it from that standpoint, there, there has to be a different level of discipline. When you look at the – and, again, I know people are like, 2019, this is not the same team. Stop talking about them. We're not really – comparing I guess technically we are we're using 2019 as a reference for what it looks like to play good football you know what I'm saying and in 2019 the 49ers played good football 2020 they did not right 2021 is like okay wh- which one and how do you get more to 2019 and I think they have the guns to do it but right now it's just little things here and there where in, in these moments they struggle to put teams away and a lot of times it's super self-inflicted wounds. And I think sometimes it's like these unforced errors, like these unforced issues. I don't want to say unforced because if somebody punches the ball out and you fumble, then it is forced by them. But even then, the 49ers tried consistently to let teams stay in the games or do things and not put them away. That last game was the worst one for me. It, that was the worst one because that was one where – you actually did not turn the ball over, and you still tried to lose the game. And you still were down in overtime. Like, that was wild to me. In a game that you jumped out to a double-digit lead, the other team had six points heading into the fourth quarter, and you still could not really put that game team away. That was worrisome. And you never turned the ball over. That that worried me probably more than anything else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, um, hey, thanks for your time, Crocky. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Appreciate you, and uh, you have a good rest of your day, man. All right, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I know we keep talking about that last game, but that it just, to me, while I was watching it, I'm just like, man, this is so odd to have a game where, you know, if the 49ers turn the ball over multiple times, then I'd be like, okay, I get it. This That's why this game ended up being close. But the 49ers got two gimmies. You got two muffed fumbles, muffed punts. In your in scoring territory, and still, you had it took you overtime to win, and you had to score a touchdown overtime. Like that's just that's so odd to me. That's so odd. 
And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's you know, the cornerbacks, the cornerbacks. Like, the cornerbacks did a good job of holding the team off. The, the Bengals had six points heading into the fourth quarter. It took a miracle throw for one of the touchdowns for Joe Burrow to get out the pocket, run around, hop over a guy that's on the ground, throw it to the back of the end zone on the scramble drill on fourth and five to score a touchdown. Like, I felt like the secondary played more than well enough to win that game. Even the corners, even with a rookie out there, they played more than well enough to win that game outright. And I feel like it was the offense that kind of didn't keep things going at a time where they had the opportunity to put their foot on the team's neck. Now, the foot not just one, but again, those moments, like the, like the Eagles game where I'm trying to figure out, man, who are the 49ers? This was early on. 49ers were 2-0, and and I was trying to figure it out. Who are the 49ers? And I, 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 it was a little odd. It was a little odd. And and they went out there, and it was just so stagnant against the Eagles. And I'm like, man, this offense, something not right. Then the 49ers lost four straight games. So those are just the kind of things I I pay attention to. Here we go. I got my guy Dion coming on. Dion, what's good with you? What's good, Crocky, man? I'm over here freezing like a mug out of here in Arizona, but it's all gravy. <laughs> Hold on, man. Hold on. I got to respond to this. Amber was getting torched. Khalil Young, I, I, I hear you, but I don't hear you because at the end of the day, for all the, oh, he was getting torched, the Bengals had six points heading into the fourth quarter. He gave up one touchdown. Like, we act like he gave up three touchdowns. Remember uh, Jimmy Ward? Jimmy Ward gave up three touchdowns against uh, – Brandon Marshall in Jimmy Ward's rookie year. Like, that's mm -hmm. kind of getting dogged, right? Three touchdowns. Ambry Thomas gave up one touchdown. He gave up one. Again, Ambry Thomas gave up one touchdown. Like, I get it. He's out there. Something's going to happen. Or, or are you guys expecting Ambry Thomas to shut down Jamar Chase for an entire game? If you're expecting that, then, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. If you're expecting Ambry Thomas to shut down Jamar Chase, I don't know. Are you expecting the 49ers defense to shut down the number one overall quarterback in the last draft, the number one, five receiver, T. Higgins? Are you expecting the 49ers defense to shut them down for an entire game? If the answer is no, then you're going to need some help from the offense. Now, if y'all went in there expecting Ambry Thomas to shut them down, then I don't know. I can't help you. I never expected Ambry Thomas to shut down Jamar Chase. You know what I'm saying? So, did he get beat? Yeah, he gave up a touchdown. All right. All right, gave up a touchdown. 49ers had plenty of opportunities to put that game away to where that touchdown shouldn't even matter. But go, uh, go ahead. My bad. Nah, we all good. We all good. Because I even was, was, was on Ambry Thomas's head about getting baked. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. This is what I saw after I looked at it again and I watched it and thought with an open mind because, you know, in the heat of the moment, you're thinking differently. And what happened was they sent this young man basically out there on a whim. Like, you put a press man corner out there and was like, hey, play zone. Like, that's not fair to the young kid. He don't – he got to learn this stuff on the fly. And if he's already been struggling with this all year, as evidenced by the fact that he barely even saw the field, that tells you, like, yo, man, this is a real transition. And this is his first game. And to be honest with you, I feel like it was it was a little messed up that he had to go up against the likes of Jamar Chase and, and Boyd and T. Higgins, you know, because if you put him in there against the guys in Atlanta, 
it's a little it's a little bit easier because those those receivers aren't necessarily as good as the receivers in Cincinnati. You know, typically when you're starting a rookie, you want to kind of give them a little bit of a layup to build their confidence. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is as far as that. That's that's all I really got to say on Eric Thomas. Um, you know, I, I know I was one of the people that said, you know, like, damn, man, you get baked, blah, blah, blah. But I understand it. It is what it is, man. You know, he got to do what he's doing. But um, the other thing, uh, you know, this next game coming up against Atlanta, you know, I'm looking at it. Honestly, I see two people that we got to stop. That's Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. Yeah. I don't even know the other receivers. I've looked at. I'm try. I tried to look at the Russell numbers. Gage. Russell Gage can. He Russell can Gage, he, but he he's. But I think Gage is like one of those big play type receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not like an every down receiver where you got to worry about him on a consistent basis. And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, man, their defense ain't ain't that great. You know, the only other thing I can think of is, you know, Matt Ryan is sort of in Kyle's head because he knows what he's going to call. He's he hang he hung out with him for years, so he understands, you know, what Kyle likes to do in certain situations. That doesn't mean he knows the exact play calls, but he can probably get that defensive coordinator an insight like, hey, if Kyle gets in this situation, he's going to go here or he's going to do this. It's one of these two, so just, you know, game plan for that. Um, I, I don't see us losing this game coming up against the Falcons. I see us winning. Um, but as far as that, you know, that game against the Bengals, man, look, second half, we have five possessions. We had nothing to show for it, period. Five possessions and nothing to show for it on offense. You can't blame the defense. You have to look at the offense and go, what's going on there? Why is it that in the second half of games, we're not able to finish them off, especially with five damn possessions? We should have been able to score at least on three of those. But that's what happens, man. You know, certain things go down in the game. It doesn't work out, you know. And um, I D Ford out for the season. He's done. At first he said he was getting cut. Now he's saying he's just out for the season, um, which to me, that would indicate to me, I'm sorry that you're getting cut. At the end of the day, I understand the impact that you have when you're on the field, but you're never on the damn field. So I'm sorry. I'd look at D Ford just like I look at at Jalen Hurd. Time to go, man. We appreciate the time that you was here, but uh, you know, at least you were able to produce for us in some way, shape, or form. Jalen Hurd was never able to do anything. It's just time to cut bait and get you know and get rid of it, man. Figure out a way to do whatever we need to do. I know he ain't gonna want to retire because that means he loses his money, but. You know, find out a settlement, do something. Parag Marate, the wizard that you are with contracts, figure it out. Because we can't keep having dudes on the roster that's just not able to stay healthy. And I don't know what it is with this regime and wanting to wait for dudes, but you're not waiting for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're waiting for Emmanuel Mosley, he got a high ankle sprain. That makes sense. You know why? You get that man the time off. If we somehow, by, you know, an act of God, make the playoffs, then... Emmanuel Mosey's right back in there and we good. He had to knock a little rust off, but it is what it is, you know, but you can't just sit there and continue to wait on dudes to get healthy that aren't getting healthy. I don't know what happened to Maurice Hurst, but Mo Hurst, he can't get on the field, you know, and that that's probably one of the biggest plays in, in our, in, you know, in the organization is we always waiting on somebody to come back and we need to get healthy. And it's like, Bro, we just got to start finding dudes that are healthy and let them get out there and work and play. You know, I think Nick Bosa is a terror. He's doing a fantastic job. You know, how how you feel about this this Atlanta game, Crocky? What do you think? 
No, I, I like it. I mean, my biggest thing is just the 49ers not shooting themselves in the foot, right? And what I mean by that, there are things that are going to happen, right? The 49ers have injuries at these different positions. So at some point, Atlanta's going to get theirs. It's how do you limit that and how do you not add to your troubles, wherever they might be, by doing things like turning the ball over, fumbling, fumbling kickoffs, giving up uh, special teams punts, you know, special teams touchdowns, you know, all those type of things. Like, you can't let those things happen to let a team like the Falcons hang around. If you come out right away and punch Atlanta in the mouth, like 49ers first half, that's a bet I'd take. I might put $100 on that. Like, I think 49ers first half, I really like that. So, yeah, um, yeah 49ers come out and do what they're supposed to do. I, I It shouldn't be it shouldn't be close. That's how yeah, I feel. I don't, but. I don't think it's I don't think it's a close game, man. I think it should be a little bit bigger of a game. And plus, we at home. I know they got a slot, you know, at home. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, but here's the thing. There's no Julio Jones. There's no Calvin Ridley. Like I said, Cordero, Paris, Cordero Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts are your main targets for, for Matt Ryan. I don't call him Matty Geist because he lost that name a couple years ago because he ain't been the same. So, you know, for me, I think this is, you know, it should be a, a consistent W. We shouldn't have any problems. Everything should be cool, um, you know, and, you know, hopefully this is just another door opening for us to the playoffs and hopefully the other teams continue to lose and push us, you know, keep us going in the seating. I know we wanted the Cardinals to win, but the damn Rams, they just wouldn't go away. And uh, it is what it is. So, you know, hopefully we hold that sixth seed and keep on pushing. But thanks for having me on, Crocky. Nothing but peace and blessings to you. And uh, everybody out there, man, come on. Y'all got to look at that hat and know what's up. Come on, man. We see the frontline sports cracking over here. Yeah. Ain't no questions yeah. about that, baby. I got to put the logo on this uh, overlay. That's what I got to hey, do. And make yeah, sure man. you uh, make sure, you know, you hit us up, man, when, when merch is, like, like, readily available. I know you get, like, a certain amount and it flies. But, you know, we got to know when it's, like, readily available, when we got some some, some in abundance. So, you know, I could come on here and, you know, have that Frontline Sports hat on and give me a hoodie or something. It's cold <laughs> out right, here. I'm going to need it. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you coming on, Dion. All right, brother. Peace. All right, about to get my guy, Darius, on. Uh, I wanted to respond to, to this comment here. Uh, people expect too much from this team considering all the injuries. We are doing well considering. No other team could handle losing all the running backs and CBs, including McGinchy and Kinlaw. My my response to that would be, at the end of the day, like it's, it's the NFL. And I don't even think that the 49ers' main issues, like in, as, in the sense of win-losses, are a direct reflection of not having these guys. I don't think it's because of cornerbacks. I don't think it's because of McGlinchey or Kenlaw. I think it's because of, you know, a, a fumble, a, a fumble on kickoff return. Uh, you know, turnovers from the offense. You know, not scoring offensively. Uh, you know, you playing against the Seahawks, you throw two interceptions and give them short field scoring positions. Um, uh, you know, not taking advantage of being up double digits at halftime and, you know, your offense, I mean, your defense, regardless of all the people missing, only giving up six points heading into the fourth quarter. You know, I think those are the reasons why the 49ers have lost more so than, you know, not having a running back or corner, whatever the case is. It's self-inflicted wounds by the one unit that can control it, which to me is the offense. So that's kind of my thought process and, you know, on that. Every team deals with injuries. Look at 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And maybe it's unfair because we're talking about Tom Brady back there, right? But they, they've had to deal with injuries. They've had to play without really their entire damn near secondary. All their corners got hurt. All of them. For extended periods of time. All their starting guys. Davis, uh, Murphy Bunting, uh, 35. Like, they've all been hurt. Safety, they've all been hurt. Had to play without Antonio Brown. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, at the end of the day, what can you control? And I, I think the defense has played well enough, regardless of the cornerback situation, for the team to win outside of the, the Cardinals game. Cardinals, uh, that second Cardinals loss, yeah, that was kind of, that was weird, right? I mean, 49ers defense just got their ass kicked. But aside from that game, which, okay, let that be the one-off. The other game's defense played well enough for the 49ers to win games. They've taken the ball away. They've done different things. They've put them, you know, but at some point, Offense, you know what I'm saying? You got to put a stranglehold on things. And I think that they've kind of, you got to help your defense out. <laughs> Last second guess, is, is, the, is the guest Terrell Brown uh, making me pay? <laughs> oh, no. It might be Terrell Brown. It might be uh, Ian Williams. It might be, uh, you know, Ahmaud Brooks. It might be Deshaun Goldson. It might be. Uh, Lance Schultz, it might be. I don't know. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I'll DM you and tell you who it is. All right. But I appreciate the contribution. <laughs> but again, it is a guy who, uh, the guest that I do have coming on after Christmas break, let me make sure that clear. After Christmas break, the, the guest I have coming on uh, was on bad 49ers teams, also was a starter with Jim Harbaugh on the championship teams. Also was a guy who came into the league and was not a starter for the first few years of his career. So he understands development and what goes into that, what's behind that, and what contributed to him potentially being able to get, or eventually being able to get on the field and helping 49ers be a championship caliber team. All right, so we will we will get into that. We will get into that. I think you are expecting Ambry Thomas uh, to be Charles Woodson because it's like, oh, he got toasted. He got this. Night. He gave up a touchdown. Gave, okay. He gave up. He gave up three catches. Ambry Thomas gave up three catches. I feel like it could be a lot worse than that. Three catches, one touchdown. That's what Ambry Thomas gave up. Not saying he played great. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there weren't other catches on his side because maybe he didn't sink enough in cover two. I'm not sure what he's told to do or not. I'm not saying those things didn't happen, but I think it's a little, you know, for people like putting the loss on the secondary, like, come on, man. Your offense was gifted several opportunities to really put the game away, and they didn't. 49 still won. 49 still won. But it wasn't the defense why the, that game was a game. You got to put that team away. A team that has a very high-powered offense. I just watched the Cincinnati Bengals the week before. They were down 24-0 to the L.A. Chargers and made it a game. They came back. Now, eventually, Chargers pulled away late, and that's what you do. But maybe I shouldn't compare Jimmy Garoppolo to jo uh, Justin Herbert. Maybe that's where – maybe that's what I shouldn't do. That's why I'm wrong, huh? Comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to Justin Herbert or expecting him to do things that – Justin Herbert is able to do as far as producing offensively. Maybe that's where I went wrong. 
Because the way that the 49ers, the way the Chargers won, where they were up 24-0, team kind of, okay, they fought back, and then the Chargers exploded again and put up 41 points or whatever, that's what the 49ers had the opportunity to do but didn't. But maybe it's because the quarterbacks, they're not the same. And that's a whole nother topic. Appreciate everybody's in here. I know I got another contribution. Dang, a lot of comments here. I'm scrolling. Here we go. All right, here we go. Aaron Ben, uh, did you notice that the same media who bashed Jimmy in 2019 is blowing him this year? They're acting like he's the new improved this year. I listen, guys, I, I am I want to apologize that Jimmy Garoppolo comes up so often, but I will say this. He's the he's the starting quarterback of the team. And any market that you're going to, any team that you are, if you're if you focus in on any of these teams and the media and things like whatever the case is, the the quarterback is who they talk about. <laughs> like the quarterback typically is the topic of discussion, and then everything else works off of that. So I I get it that we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a lot, and we do. And we talk about Trey Lance. Of course, Trey Lance was the third motherfucking pick in the draft. Of course, you're going to talk about Trey Lance. Even if he hasn't played. I get that. Trey Lance hasn't played since blah, blah, blah. He ain't playing. Why are we talking about him? He was the third overall pick. You're going to talk about him. You're going to talk about him. Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. You're going to talk about him. You're going to talk about him. So if y'all get tired of hearing about Jimmy G and whatever else, man, Y'all going to hear it regardless. Y'all going to hear it regardless. Here we go real quick. Uh, here's the link in the chat. I know my guy Darius hopped out. He had to hop out. Darius, make sure you come back in, man. I got you. Aaron, I appreciate the contribution. But um, as far as answering your question, the same media who bashed Jimmy Jean. Who 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 bashed them? That that's what I have. I have to know so I can kind of know the angle that they're coming from. I'll say this about Jimmy G and my perspective on Jimmy. I've always felt that Jimmy. I was always intrigued by what he could be. So when he came in, when Jimmy came in in 2017 and he won five straight games, my thought was because it wasn't like all like this dude lighting the world on fire, right? He was really, he came in and he played some good football. He was official on third down. He's moving the sticks. And I'm thinking, wow, like I can't wait to see this guy with a full off season with the team. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait to see when this guy like masters the offense, what it could look like. Man, I think we might see some Tom Brady type stuff, right? If this guy comes in and he does what he did in those five games, which was solid, but he builds on that, and takes it to the next level, like, we're, we got our guy. We got our guy, right? My biggest issue with Jimmy Garoppolo is he never got better from there. He's really still the same guy. 2017, Jimmy Garoppolo came in, five starts. He threw six touchdowns, five interceptions in five games. That's not lighting the world on fire, right? That's kind of what he is right now. Um, he did a really good job of being efficient and one of the best third down quarterbacks and that contributed to moving the chains and Jimmy was awesome there. And the same throws that he was missing during that time, he does a lot of that same stuff now. I don't think he got better from there. And I think that's what maybe some of the frustration is with Jimmy Garoppolo where you saw, you saw like, oh man. And 
And then you watch them to start the season next year, right? 2018. And it's more of the same, but not as much luck, right? I wouldn't even say as much luck. He started off three interceptions against the Vikings, threw a would-be pick six against the Lions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is At the end of the day, okay, then he come back 2019. 2019 started off really slow for Jimmy. Then they picked it up, and it's like, okay. Like, just imagine what he's going to look like when he comes back and he's not recovered from a torn ACL, and he has a full offseason, and you expect it to see this, this jump. And then I kind of realized going back in time, every year I'm expecting this jump from Jimmy Garoppolo, and I just never get it. I, I get a solid quarterback, but I never get that jump that I was expecting to see from him. And I think that's what it is. Now, and I got Darius. I'm about to get Darius on it right now. Now, with the here's the weird thing, or I don't want to say weird thing. Here's here's the interesting thing. Everybody else outside of 49er fan base, if you if you talk to anybody outside of 49ers, I won't say anybody, I'd say 80% of people you talk to outside of the 49ers fan base think Jimmy is shitty. I think that's extreme. I think that's extreme. He's not. I don't think he's close to being shitty. I think Jimmy's a solid quarterback. But he kind of just is one of those things where it's like, well, he just kind of is what he is, right? He just is what he is. He's the guy that led the he's the guy that led the two-minute drive and the 49ers went down and, and scored a touchdown. He's that guy. And I think that's who us as 49er fans or people that cover the 49ers hold on to. But he's also the guy that threw the near pick six that could have been a pick six, where he has thrown those interceptions and does these weird things throughout games, and everybody sees that, and they look at Jimmy as a whole, while we look at, we hold on to the, the moments. You know what I'm saying? And I try to look at it as a whole and give that to the 49er fan base who a lot of times don't want to hear it because they hold on to the moments. Hope that makes sense. Essentially, Jimmy Garoppolo is average, but his average play results in wins, and yesterday I said, hey, or the day before yesterday, whenever it was, I said, Jimmy... He's Andy Dalton. And if you looked at Andy Dalton early in his career, he was kind of this average quarterback, but he won a lot of games. 11 wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, 12, whatever it was. Bengals were consistently going to the playoffs in one of the hardest divisions with the Ravens and the Steelers every year. That's kind of who Jimmy is. People aren't going to stop talking about him because he's the quarterback of the team. And any team, if you go and listen to any conversation, go, go listen to a Cowboys uh, podcast right now, they're going to talk about Dak Prescott, what he is doing, what he isn't doing. It just is what it is. He's the starting quarterback of the NFL team. Darius, what's good with you, man? Oh, man, I'm just soaking it in right now, bro. Uh, a lot of sense that's been made this morning. Um, I want to I wanna touch on Jimmy a little bit uh, as far as what you said about other people thinking he's shitty. I kind of feel like that's that's our fault for waking waking the world up to him with our gripes and our groans because prior to him being shitty and inefficient, he was the winning quarterback. Oh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's uh whatever his record was, what twenty nine and something or whatever the case was. Hold like, on, hold you on. Couldn't turn back. on ESPN on. without hearing that shit. Hold on, let me push back yeah. just a little bit. Do you remember uh, during the Super Bowl run what Stephen A. Smith said? I really don't, but he, he a hater in his own damn right. But what do you say? Okay, so he said something, and it made a lot of sense. This is what Stephen A. Smith said. 
he looked at the uh-huh. 49ers and he said, you touch on five different things that contribute to the 49ers winning before you get to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's not to Jimmy say G. that he's oh, not I remember that. Exactly. Yeah. But he said, that. you're yeah, going to okay. talk about the coach. You're going to talk about the defense. <laughs> you're going to talk that. about George Kittle. You're going to talk about Richard Sherman. And then you get to the quarterback. And most teams, <laughs> that's not right? And that's when the 49ers were really good. That's when the 49ers were really But he good. still wasn't shit back then to people. Like, he wasn't like, I don't remember nobody really calling him trash like that till probably last year and this year a little bit. You know what I mean? Kyle getting on uh, McVay's podcast and, and downing him. But I think it's extreme. I think it's it's extremely, it's, it's very extreme to say Jimmy is shitty. Very extreme. Like, he's far from shitty. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's why I'm always like, I don't see how a team isn't yes. looking to potentially trade a first form or a second. And people think I'm crazy for that. But I see what's around the league. And there are a lot of other teams that deal with teams that or uh, uh, quarterbacks that really Man. are bad. Jimmy is not them. Jimmy can win. If Jimmy goes to the Saints, say he goes to the Saints. I don't know if they got the cap space, but hypothetically he goes to a Saints or a team like that. He'll win games. He'll win games. Right. So they look at – Yes, sir. Now, yes, sir. I just, I just kind of compared him a little bit to – and again – I don't want to compare him to Justin Herbert. He ain't Justin Herbert. But I compared them in a similar situation where Justin Herbert got out to a big lead. The team uh, Bengals kind of fought back a little bit, and then Justin Herbert put him away, right? Jimmy Garoppolo get out to a big lead. Yeah. Bengals fight back a little bit. Jimmy can't put him away. And that's kind of the difference there. Now, now see, I feel like that is – I don't think there's one – answer to why we can't produce in the second half or towards the stretch. I feel like it's a lot of things. I would want to say that maybe it could be the conditioning because we got this damn hockey personnel guy that has no type of record of, of anything accomplished, but we just grabbed him and our guys are getting hurt all the time. And I just, maybe it might be, you know, they get out there after the, uh, the halftime and they're a little bit fatigued or whatever. Cause I mean, honestly, Cincinnati game, Jimmy surprised me. He was throwing some bombs and it was dropping them. Like it's almost like they was so surprised that it was coming that they wasn't prepared to catch it. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't, I don't have no, like I said, ain't no answer to it. Like it's just, it was just happening. And, um, right. you know, with Jimmy, like, who knows what's going on with him? You know, somebody had had somebody had came at me talking about, well, like, why do you care about how he feels? Like, you know, he gets paid 27 million, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute. Mental health is a real thing, man. Like, we just seen in a, the best Olympic uh, women's uh, gymnast fall out the Olympics because of mental health. Like, that's a real issue. So that's why I care a lot. Like, you feel good about yourself, you perform, man. Like, and so, yeah, I care about his, 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 where his mind state is at. And, and um, like, along with his limitations on the field and what he can and he can't do, uh, and it's like, our identity is, is that it's, it's win by any means. It's, it's just get it done, like, just, Get the W out and, and stay calm. 
confident within yourself, you know what I'm saying, and get ready for the next game. Um, but it, I mean, it's frustrating, bro. And like, I wish somebody did have a answer because then we could fix it. You know what I'm saying? Because here we are, week what, 14, 15, going into 14, 15, and like, it's still happening. Cause like you said, with the Eagles, it was like the Eagles game reminds me of somebody trying to learn how to drive a stick shift. Like. They just stalling out. They get going first gears and just clonk out. Bop, 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 bop. And it's like, God damn, like, can we get this ball rolling? Um, you know, when we see Seattle, it's self-inflicted wounds. Uh, uh, and, it's, and it's looking trash. And it's like, what the what the hell's going on? But, but um I'll take what we can get. Right now we're in the rhythm. And you know, if it, if it takes a little bit of 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 a win, so be it. These next three games are simple enough, man. Um, we just can't beat ourselves. We can't go out there and take it too easy on these people. We can't go out there and be too overly excited to where we're doing bonehead penalties or whatever. Um I keep saying that I really want to see these rookies develop within these next few games because I don't see nobody scary. I think I think uh with the with the uh with Tennessee, I, I want to say AJ Brown is injured reserve right now. I gotta fact check that, but that's what I was that's what I was told. Um All right. oh, I know he went on the IR, I just don't remember exactly when it was. Okay, I'm all right. I'm not, all right, yeah, because my, my, my screen froze. I didn't know if you were still there or not. I thought I was talking to the wind, boy. But, uh, yeah, man, like, I'm going to say this, man. We need to really get behind Jim, bro. Like, because uh, at the end of the day, that is our quarterback. Like you said, he's the topic of discussion because that's our quarterback. And he's in the middle of a supposed to be trade at the end of the year and all this drama and ah yeah 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 you feel me so it's like if you're tired of listening hearing about it then shit you know what i mean don't tune into these other podcasts because he's gonna come up he's gonna come up just like the name 49er is gonna come up like they're synonymous uh but what i wanted to say though what i wanted to ask you so a lot of people are kind of like anticipating that Trey Lance starts our last game, assuming that we have a locked uh, position in this playoff, right? And so, uh, would you say that maybe uh, Matt Stafford will start, or you think uh, Wolfer would, would be in, and it'd be like him versus Wolfer? Wolfer, whatever his name is. Wolfer, depending on the on 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 where it's at, right? Uh, there is a scenario where the 49ers could be playing for the fifth seed against the Rams. So if that's the case, then yeah. But I think if both guys, if both 49ers and Rams are locked into their spots, then I think you'll see both backups. Right, okay, so check this out, right? So next year, um, I think we might get Justin uh, School back uh, to various more. I'm hoping maybe D4. I'm, I'm hoping he gets healthy, man. Like, I feel like 
with him and Kinlaw, because of the injuries that they sustained, like they should have, they should have let them boys just heal for a year, especially like with those type of injuries. You know what I'm saying? Because the boy got like what, arthritis in his knee. Like that arthritis don't go nowhere. From from what I understand, I don't. I don't there's no. There's no solution for that. Right. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna go with him. Um. Do we, should we still be in the market for like for safeties when we already have a fung a funga and um and I don't know you know do you think Tart should come back? I don't think he will, but I mean I would love him back. I think Tart's a terrific safety, but you know. Okay. We'll, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but yeah. I would like to see Tart back. I'm pretty sure Tart would want to be back. He's been in his yeah, me too. These coaches and yeah. I think a lot of the I think a lot of the guys that we have now are they're good. Like, yeah, it's a good team. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like we have, we're leaking, we're leaking. Yeah, we're leaking at corner. That's it. To to me, to me personally, I mean, I don't right. see nothing really. Right. Okay, I know it's not the 2019 but get the fuck off of that like jesus christ like man like i call them i call them 2019 fans because all of a sudden now everybody has these high ass expectations and if it ain't perfect then it ain't right and it's like come on man like that was a hell of a that season to, but our guy mac here just he get says some uh, wins and mac mac here he says he says, y'all want a flawless quarterbacking. It's retarded. And my response to that would be, no, I don't want <laughs> flawless quarterbacking. And I feel like I've I've kind of said that. Oh, I, I, I will get you off now, Darius, so I can talk about yeah. this. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. All right. I, I, I don't expect flawless quarterbacking. He says, Croc, how many times have you broken your nose? I don't know. Maybe I got punched in the nose as a kid. I don't know. Um, I don't expect flawless quarterbacking. That's not what I expect. I I want the 49ers to do well. I want the 49ers to win. And I evaluate the 49ers from the standpoint of someone. Like, if I were the coach, what would I be looking at from Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, what do I want from him? And what are the things that I need Jimmy Garoppolo to do? So it doesn't have to be flawless. Matter of fact, you can make mistakes. You can turn the ball over. But if you are going to do those things, I need you to be able to overcome those things. Right? Throw eight. He only, he's thrown eight interceptions. Okay, throw eight interceptions. All right. But be able to make it to where that the eight, the, the interception that you threw in that game don't make us don't result in a loss. I talked about if the Bengals game was a one-off. I thought it was weird that the 49ers did not turn the ball over and still it took them overtime to win when they got multiple turnovers and set up in short fields. I would like to see my quarterback put that game away again before it gets to the point of overtime. I'm not saying that he needs to be perfect. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I need him to be flawless. 
I'm saying you're the you're the guy, you're the quarterback. If it were if it were uh Dak Prescott, I'd be talking about Dak Prescott. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've seen things from Dak Prescott where it's like, all right, he's having some weird moments. But then okay, he wins that game. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. I think sometimes people like Mark, y'all, and I like JTL. So I, I watch all JTL Sullivan's breakdowns. I think people like Mark, Mark, you take this stuff so, you take it so personal, or you take it so literal, instead of just looking at it as analysis, right? Just looking at it from the standpoint of man, I see this game. Like you look at it, 49ers won. That's all that matters. I look at it in the sense of how I try to give it to you guys. Was like, yeah, they won. Man, there's some things that I feel like they can do better. Hey, there's some things I feel Jimmy can do better. And that's not me saying that Jimmy can't do better. That's not me saying Jimmy won't do better. That's not me saying Jimmy has to be flawless. That's just me saying, hey, man, you know, this this was a little weird. You guys, you know, pay attention to this. We'll see if it comes back to bite us. I hope it doesn't. Hope the 49ers win a Super Bowl. Hope 49ers win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with. I think there's a scenario where the 49ers, I think there's a four, there's a there's a scenario where the 49ers win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know Jimmy's not flawless. So Mark, I don't I don't know how else to really verbalize and get out there that I'm not someone that hates Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not someone that thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo can't play good football. I'm not someone that I just look at situations for what they are. I don't understand how some people like Mark, how you get so butt hurt because of opinion that I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. We've seen a large enough sample size of Jimmy Garoppolo. We understand it. My thing is just like, all right, I'm paying attention to these things. Can we do a little better? Jimmy, can you play a little? Can you be a little bit more? Can you do, you know, that's it. And you won't lose games like you lost to Seattle. 49ers had no business losing that game. You're up double digits. Put them away. You scored zero points in the second half. Quarterback leads that. Scored three points in the second half against Cincinnati when you're up double digits. Quarterback leads that. So that's that those are the things I look at. Again, watch them against the Eagles, week two, I go back to that game because that was the start of the four-game losing streak after that. And my point from that game was something not right. We need a little bit better Jimmy Garoppolo. We didn't get better Jimmy Garoppolo. We lost four straight games. But also, Mark, I have enough faith in Jimmy Garoppolo to put $500 on him, which I did last game. I put 500 on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers to win. So I don't expect him to be perfect. So that's my my take on, on on my guy Mark. As far as me breaking my nose, I don't know. Maybe I gotta look at some baby pictures. But like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and how you've done, Mark, how you've done with Jimmy Garoppolo, you've learned to embrace Jimmy Garoppolo's flaws. I've learned to embrace my flaws. Okay, my nose is big. <laughs> All right, I don't care. My wife is bad. She got a big ass. I got a nice house. Like I'm good <laughs> with my nose. Whatever. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Mark is saying, watch us get to the dance as if we don't want the 49ers to get to the dance. 
with Jimmy Garoppolo. Win, Jimmy. I don't care. Like, I, I want you to. I think you can. Come on, man. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. Hope you like this video. Hit the subscribe button. All that good stuff. Locked on 49ers. Make sure you guys tune into that crossover episode with myself, Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL draft with myself, Ryan Tracy. Love everybody that's in here. Uh, shoes, you know, I'm going to get out. Me, my nose, about to go rub on my wife's big ass. Hit y'all later. See y'all tomorrow. Peace! Intercepted. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace!